It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Cricket Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cricket Podcast for our second show of the 2023 Cricket World Cup. Uh, it was a good day. It was a good day in the tournament as Pakistan survived a big scare from the Netherlands. I'm Jack Hope, and I'm here with uh, Assad Hassanain to talk through things from the Pakistan point of view. Welcome to the show. First time guest. I hope you're doing well. Did you enjoy the cricket? Uh, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it. I think it was a very uncomfortable game to watch. Uncomfortable from what time I had to wake up to watch it and then the context (laughs) of the batting and then like, uh, yeah, it's it's a working day here in the US. A lot's going on the side as well. So yeah, I'd say glad to get it out of the way. What was it? A four thirty start for for you guys over there to to watch the first I'm, overs. I'm in Chicago, so it's actually three thirty a.m. Um, but yeah, and I was trying oh, well. to like go to sleep. I was trying to catch some sleep in the middle for like maybe like forty five minutes. Like when they were three down, I was like, okay, things are getting comfortable. Let me just catch it some sleep. But uh, every time I would try, the wicket would fall, and by the end of it, like I'd lost sleep because of the sheer horror of the situation. <laughs> So, just the life of a Pakistan. Another li- another day in the life of a Pakistani fan. It was. Um, it, I, I thought it was, I thought it was great from Pakistan. They played a lot of the hits. They didn't play the main hit, which was losing to a minnow. But we did have um, sort of unnecessary collapse. We had the comedy run out. We had some great pace bowling, um, yeah. and we even had a dropped catch at one point as well. Just just for for old time's sake. But they, look, it was, yeah. in the end, a, a relatively comfortable win. Um, if you're catching up on the cricket, I'll quickly run through a, a match summary. Um, there was some early success for the Netherlands as they had Pakistan in disarray at one point, three wickets down, before Sal Shaquille and Mohamed Rizwan steadied the ship, guiding Pakistan to what looked like a, a fairly promising situation. Um, the Netherlands, though, they've got they've got a sort of secret weapon, or maybe not so secret we- weapon, in Big Bass, the leader. 
who flipped things again and Pakistan ended up being bowled out for 286, which kind of strangely was was probably a total that both sides were happy with. Um, I, I think it, it credit to Netherlands for what they did and also a decent recovery from Pakistan. In response, the Netherlands did have moments where they threatened to make a, a real game of it as Bastelida um, and Singh had a, a pretty hefty partnership at one point. Um, but ultimately... The Pakistan bowlers were just a bit too quick, a bit too straight and a bit too skillful for the Netherlands as they kind of cruised, semi-cruised to an 81-run victory. It's a, it's a way to get your, your World Cup off to a start. Um, what, what do you think? Let's, let's have the Pakistan angle first. Is this what you expect, were expecting from the team going into the tournament? Obviously, the Asia Cup maybe didn't go to plan. Um, but it is points on the board. Are, are you happy? Are you a little bit confused? I, 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 I'm not sure how I would grade the performance, so I'd be interested in your your perspective. I think I'm mostly happy. Uh, this is this is always going to be a very uncomfortable game in a lot of ways. Like in the last T20 World Cup, for example, Pakistan lost to Zimbabwe. So this is not unheard of. You know, in 2007, we lost to Ireland. So these games, I would say, even the players are quite wary of these type of games. But, like, there's some big questions coming in. Pakistan still sort of hasn't mentally recovered from the loss of Naseem Shah. So, like, in many ways, it's a bowling attack that is trying to find its feet as a combination. Uh, the other thing is, we we honestly haven't played that much one-day cricket, uh, I think, recently in the Asia Cup apart. Like, people like Shadab and Nawaz are predominantly T20 bowlers. Even, like, Shaheen, for that matter... Uh, it, it has bowled, they bowl a lot more in T20 cricket, a, a lot less in like the longer format. So you'll find that it's even this is why this World Cup is unique because there's not enough one day cricket happening. There's a lot of like finding your feet and finding your role in this tournament as we go. So every game they're going to sort of like we're going to find new things about the team. It's not like this is a settled one day combination. So from that perspective, I'm pretty relieved that we we won pretty comfortably. And like from a bowling standpoint, I think watching... I mean, Harris was doing well after a disaster in the warm-up game, but he was, he was just bowling within himself in the warm-up game. You can see the, the gas was up today. Hassan Ali is the big, big relief. Like he has... Honestly, we all thought it was a huge gamble to take. Uh, but uh, it seems to be paying off. And not only with the new ball, he came back with the old ball. And the big factor is reverse swing. Because when reverse swing starts to show up in Pakistan bowling innings, it means they will be a force to reckon with. Because nobody does it better than Pakistan in world cricket. And if it's happening, you could see it, uh, visibly see when Hassan was bowling, and I think Shine was bowling as well. When the ball starts to tail in, it just adds a whole new element to the middle overs, which is basically Pakistan's Achilles, heels in a lot, Achilles heel in a lot of ways. Batting... Uh, sorry, I'm no, I'm rambling. But from a batting no, no, standpoint, from a batting standpoint, I'd say Fakhar Zaman is the big unanswered question. I would think that we'd probably give him a couple of more games, but uh, that's the question. He is the he is the X factor. He has to fire for Pakistan to have a good World Cup. I mean, we can win against Minos, but we can't beat the, the top teams without Fakhar firing. But apart from that, the other guys. I think everybody chipped in, so 280 was... Uh, I think 280 is what we will usually get if Fakhar doesn't fire. I think that's the way I look at it. That's fair enough. I mean, obviously, um, no runs from Baba as well today, which which was probably a little bit of a difference maker. 
but the 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 major disaster was I guess averted by Rizwan and Saud Shakil. Am I right in saying Saud Shakil was offered a category C contract um by the, the Pakistan cricket board, which which seems like um yeah. unjust recompense for his his last year. And uh, I, I'd not seen a lot of him in, in one day cricket, but he looked pretty good as well, I thought, um as as part of that recovery. Um Yes. I yeah, go on. Now say the contracts was a messed up situation. So very arbitrary like guys is a leg spinner uh, abrar ahmed who sort of was, has been bowling really well he's like our leading test match spinner i don't think he even got a contract at all so it's uh, yeah it, it, it's it's quite messy like the when inzamam gets involved in something i think you can be safe to assume it's not going to be the most well thought out process uh, well, I, well, I have to say, uh, on this podcast, we do quite enjoy watching Pakistan cricket administration from afar because the 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 plot twists they're probably only really rivaled by Bangladesh, um, maybe Afghanistan in in, in world cricket. And um, I mean, I'd yeah. say just to play devil's advocate, the way India is running this World Cup is probably the biggest embarrassment there is out there. I mean, watching the empty stands, watching the fact that there's no foreign. Uh, tourists who are actually being getting visas or being able to travel to India, it's not even a priority. Uh, like some days the games show up with like they're fully booked, then you find the grounds are empty, then you suddenly see that the that those matches have tickets available. I would say that the biggest representation of incompetence right now is probably the BCCI, uh, who are resting on the fact that they have a huge market, but the way that they are running the game and the way they are running the global game into the ground I think that is probably the most laughable administration of cricket right now. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily argue with that, I don't think. I, I thought it was a little bit of a shame as well for what is two sides World Cup opener for the ground to be relatively sparsely populated. Um, I, I know it's not Netherlands v Pakistan's unlikely to sell out many stadiums, but it, it, it did seem fairly empty uh, early on. And then no, I think I, the less said... Pakistan has pretty big, uh, sort of a pretty big fan base in, in where they're playing right now. Uh, so I mean, they, it'll be different if they were playing like Ahmedabad, but like when, in Hyderabad, there's a pretty huge fan base out there. Uh, you can see it from the reception that they got. Uh, you can see it from social media as well. It's, so I would say with some better marketing, uh, probably could have. Uh, got more fans in. Even to cheer against Pakistan, I would have expected that more people would show up. Uh, but that didn't quite happen. And it, it speaks to a very, very flawed ticketing system. And I don't know enough about this, but that's what I've been told by people who work in cricket administration. I, I, I mean, the, the, the anecdotes I've heard, mainly from people on the, the buying side, have been similar. I know quite a few people who have who've gone to India for the tournament um, from the cricket team I play in here and have had not an awful lot of success uh, picking up tickets for any of the games. So to then see that there is actually nobody at the match is is probably yeah. um, slightly infuriating. Uh, back, back to the cricket, because we, we didn't really touch upon Netherlands too much. Um, but they, I thought, came out of the game with, with a fair amount of credit for an 81-run loss. I, I think at, at various points in the match, that was a, a closer game of cricket than than it looked. And it... Yeah. It took, as you said, sort of the skill and the reverse swing of the the Pakistani pacers to close the book on it. But there must have been some nerves during that Bastalida 
and uh, Vikram and Jit Singh partnership, um, sort of what, around yeah. the 15, 20 over mark. Yes, I think. So there's something interesting. So uh, an Indian friend of mine said that when they were playing against Pakistan, if they got 260 runs against us, more often than not, they were comfortable that they would win the game. I kind of felt like that in today's game. Like once we got about like 260, 270, it was like you have, it's like in the back of your mind, you kind of know uh, based on like past history and based on like what what the, what the your bowling skills are. So I, I, I kind of knew like one wicket and then and the sort of the pins will fall. But it was uncomfortable and it was like, there's a lot of paranoia right now with Pakistan cricket and like there's a lot of unknowns because again, it goes back to the same thing. Like, Shadab has not been bowling particularly well. Nawaz has been has suddenly completely lost the plot over the last few months. The fast bowlers are like injury prone. Hassan is, is back. There's so many unknowns that that's what was causing the anxiety. If this was like a fully baked Pakistani attack, uh, like if, if if we were playing this game with this bowling rhythm that we saw today, I would have no concerns defending 280 against, at least against Netherlands. So that's why today's game is a huge relief because. For us, as a for me as a fan, at least, I get back that mental security that okay, if the dew is not falling, uh, I know that we have the resources to be able to defend anything like upwards of 275, 280. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can you can see that attack coming together as well. Um, I, I'd kind of agree on the spinners that they they sort of do go through the motions a little bit, and I had a question about that, uh, or, or that's a more of a tactical question, I think, as well. Um, and that basically comes down to so so Babarazm brings back the 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 paces when the game I, I wouldn't say getting away from Pakistan I, th- I think they had it more or less in control but there was there was a scenario at one point where uh, Bastelida got a century and th- th- then you know who knows what happens in that uh, after that he brings back the paces and it, and it does kind of wrap up the game uh, from watching it having not seen Pakistan play a lot of ODI cricket recently. I think the question is, is is that good captaincy from Babarazm or is that really the the weapon that Pakistan have? Is that what we're going to see them do in the eight further group matches and, and potentially the knockouts? Or or is there some bite from the spinners? And, and actually it was just, you know, good tactics from, from Babar to recognise that Netherlands probably weren't up to Harris-Ralph today. I, it's, I mean, I think Babar had a better day today compared to what his, I mean, what he's renowned for in captaincy. I think the bowling changes were better, like starting with Iftikhar around like the 11th over. I think that that was a, was a good strategy. I, I, I can't really fully speak to Barber's captaincy unless we see some tighter games. I think he's comfortable when there's more runs to play with. What you would see is the tighter the game gets, that's when Barber's captaincy generally falls apart. And that's sort of why he struggles in T20 cricket as well. Because like... It's fast paced, the margin of runs are not that much. And you have like 17, 18 comes into question. With something like having that's one day cricket probably suits Barber's captaincy a little bit more because there's more room to make mistakes. Uh so you can you can you can try someone for an over and say pace. I would say that reverse swing, I'd come back to this, that they were you could see that there was an active effort to get the ball ready for reverse swing. I think, uh, and and once that happens, that's always going to be the weapon that they will resort to in the middle overs. Like, everything goes wrong, they're going to go back to Shaheen or uh, or Harris. I actually thought that Hassan Ali was not going to be a, a weapon in the middle overs, like at least in the later overs. But 
based on what I saw today, I think they're plan- he's he's sort of that was the most heartening thing for me as a fan. Like Hassan is the biggest plus that I take away from this game. Like I know South Shaquille played superbly, but Hassan Ali bowling well is is falls a huge huge pain point right now. Yeah. Um, final thing I'd like to to say on on, on this game is 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 basically to commend Bastalida again. Um, four wickets and fifty runs for him. The the first guy in ODI cricket history to do that two matches in a row. I think that's a slightly contrived stat, but it it does sort of show how important he is for the Netherlands. Um, and I thought he played a really really classy innings um, after his spell as well. Um, if we're looking forward to the rest of the tournament, uh, just to wrap up this game. What what did we learn from 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 the two teams? Um, you know, Pakistan they're going to be pursuing, I think, the semi-finals. Um, does does this tell us that they're on course for that? And from the Netherlands' point of view, is did they show enough today to make you think that they could pick up a victory, which probably is realistically what they're aiming to to to, to pick up is a win over yeah. the next eight matches. Yeah, I haven't spoken about Netherlands enough, but yes, they. I thought they bowled superbly today. Like I thought that uh, they used the pitch really well. I think that they they were very smart. They've got some. I think they've got some Kiwis and South African players in their their lineup, and uh, it shows like they're a little prickly as well. Like they were picking some fights with Harris Ralph at the end. Uh, so they've got some spunk in them. I think which is which is pretty pretty interesting. So I would not be surprised at all if they win at least two games in this World Cup. Like uh, I. They can very easily catch a South African team napping again because South Africa is going to be panicky after like the last T20 World Cup. They will be wary of the Netherlands. The Netherlands will believe against them, and then then they're playing Afghanistan. They're playing Sri Lanka. Like I, I would expect that they would take one of those games. Like I, I think the way that they play, they've. Uh, I mean, obviously they need somebody to support the leader. So I, I Ackerman is supposedly someone who has a lot of like domestic runs under his belt. So they've got some decent experience there. Um, but yeah, the, the difficult thing for them is like dealing with things like reverse swing. That's where that's probably not something that you deal with in associate cricket. So that's probably what the it it, get, it goes a notch above when you when you play yeah. a World Cup. Those those are things that you have to sort of learn on the fly. Um, so but yeah, from a Pakistani standpoint, obviously semi-finals is the big. I mean, the immediate thing to focus on is the Sri Lanka game, which. Sri Lanka is interesting because we've never lost to Sri Lanka in a World Cup. So I always feel comfortable with that sort of history in mind. The same problem we have with India where we never win with them uh, against New Zealand and against uh, Sri Lanka and off late against South Africa as well. We've had a very stellar record in in, in World Cups, both T20s and one day. So that always puts me in a good mood when I'm looking forward to those games. Uh, but the India game is probably what I think the immediate next step is. Semi-finals, I think, is a realistic target. Uh, but Fakhar Zaman has to has to pick up his slack. Uh, that's without him, Pakistan will have to go into a backup strategy in which they're going to have two anchors at the top of the order, and that will very be very. That's a very difficult strategy to build a World Cup win. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we're going to take a really quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about the three matches happening over the weekend, starting with Bangladesh, Afghanistan tomorrow and South Africa v Sri Lanka also tomorrow before wrapping up the show with a little chat about Australia v India, which is probably the match of the opening round if it wasn't England v Netherlands yesterday. So 
See you in a few seconds. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi everyone, this is just a quick message from me to say that in the second half of this show we had a couple of glitches with the recording. Uh, that meant I had to edit it a fair amount and it's maybe not as smooth as you'd expect. So sorry about that. It's quite unusual that something like this happens but when it does, there's sort of nothing we are able to do um, and, and if the sort of final recording is a little bit corrupted uh, we just have to work with it I hope it doesn't affect things too much um, and we'll make sure that on our next show Sunday evening when we're talking about India Australia and all the other matches that we're about to preview here uh, things run a little bit more smoothly uh, catch you soon Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Cricket Podcast with me, Jack, and uh, joined today by Asad. Um, Asad, I don't think we said right at the beginning of the show where people can find you on social media or in uh, sort of other content. Do you want to briefly let people know how they can find you? And we'll put it in yeah. the show notes as well. Sure. Like, yeah, my Twitter handle is left arm around. Uh, I'm a musician as well, so I'm on Spotify. You can just search me by name, E-S-S-A-D, last name Hassanan, H-A-S-A-N-A-I-N. Uh, but yeah, left arm around. I'm always on there, always ranting on cricket during games. So if you want to hear an emotional Pakistani fan spill their emotions out on Twitter, you can come by and check out my rants during the game. Uh, so do go there and um, yeah, follow along. We'll put that in the show notes. Um, so tomorrow we start the third match of the 2023 Cricket World Cup with Bangladesh v Afghanistan. Um, different things to prove for these two teams. Uh, Bangladesh will probably think, I reckon, that they have an outside chance of making the top four, um, playing in conditions that will be reasonably familiar to them and with a team that has got some experience, uh, albeit they, they left some of that experience out at the last minute. And then Afghanistan, um, I, I think, again, in conditions that they'll probably like, will want to bounce back from what was a pretty horrific 2019 Cricket World Cup and, and you know, really make that statement win um, at this level. It should, on paper, I think, be a relatively close game. I, I'd probably have Bangladesh with the edge. I don't know if there's anything that you're looking forward to here, any players that you're, you're excited to see or any battles that you might want to highlight. I think for me, what's going to be interesting is Shakibul Hassan's role, like especially uh, after dropping the meme from the World Cup squad. I think there's probably double pressure in some ways on him to justify this combination that he's picked and with his own performance because he was like the one of the, I think it was the one of the standout performers in the last World Cup. 
So Shakib is obviously going to be big on their side. On the Afghanistan side, I am personally a huge fan of Gurbaz. So I, I really enjoy the way that he bats. Um, Mohammad Dabi is somebody who really scares the shit out of me as a Pakistani fan. <laughs> Every time he plays against us, I know that he has that same sort of calm that Dhoni used to exude back in the day. Like uh, it's a sort of calm that really scares me uh, when I'm in the opposition team. Uh, and in the games that they've done well against us, he has always played a very prominent part. So, I'd say those are the players for me that I'd, I'd, I'd watch out for. Yeah, I think this is quite an interesting matchup. Um, and I, I think they're, they're probably two. I mean, I, maybe I sold Afghanistan a little bit short in, in, in the intro there in, in sort of saying that they're more or less playing to avenge the disappointment of the last World Cup. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they internally think that with a little bit of luck, they could get on a roll in this tournament and and cause some trouble as well. Um, I'm, I, 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 I'm, I actually am like really excited to see this one. I think on paper it doesn't look like it's it's that exciting a game, but there is there's there's also sort of a, a burgeoning rivalry between the two nations in that maybe not quite a tier. Um, but certainly pushing towards a tier. If I was going to call it, I mean, I think I said that I'd I'd go with Bangladesh. Um, I I think that the the batting edge that they have. I mean, my, the problem I have with Afghanistan is that for all the bowling, um, yep. which is which is really good, they are pretty much reliant on on Gerbaz and Zadran to score all the runs. And if if they don't, even with yeah. the calmness of Nabi. I'm not sure where 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 else things come from, but in, in this kind of contest, if if one of them does get going, you, you never know. So I'm I'm going to go Bangladesh. Um, the later games that one starts really early for those of us in the UK, six o'clock in the morning. Maybe not quite as early as you, but um, I, I I might miss the first hour of that one. I'll be honest. Uh, the later game is South Africa v Sri Lanka. Um, in our team previews, we were really really excited about seeing Sri Lanka. Uh, not Sri Lanka, South Africa play, and we were excited about seeing Sri Lanka as well. But South Africa. They come into this yeah. World Cup um, playing really exciting cricket. Heinrich Klaassen, maybe the best white ball batter in the world at the moment. And yeah, De Kock opening up, David Miller in the middle order. Uh, and a pretty fearsome bowling attack with a lot of variation as well. So I, I'm I'm mainly excited here about South Africa. I, I'd actually say it would be a bit of an upset if Sri Lanka were to, were to pull off a victory here. I, I don't know if you'd agree. Is there hope for Sri Lanka or are you similarly on the South Africa hype train? So I think, and based on, I mean, I'm, I don't remember Sri Lanka ever doing particularly well in it. I, I'm uh, so partly, I think that's they. They're also missing a really quality spinner in Hasaranga, um, but they did do. They did punch above their weight in the Asia Cup. Uh, but I think I saw gaps there. South Africa, on the other hand, I think I expect them to probably steamroll Sri Lanka tomorrow because that's sort of the way that they play in. Uh, in the earlier stages, it's when it gets to quarterfinal, semi-final. I don't think they haven't been to the final, but that's when the demons start to play in the South African minds. Until then, I'd expect them to have a, to be favourites at least against Sri Lanka. Yeah, I'd I, I, I'd expect so as well. I actually think for South Africa, it's quite a nice opening fixture for them. Um, Sri Lanka have had a couple of their best bowlers ruled out, so they're probably going to be doing a little bit of problem solving and trying to work out who fills what role and things like that. They're, they're probably also a team with um, yeah. a relatively low top end in terms of the runs they can score. So even if South Africa make a mistake here or there, you, you'd think that a score in the 
270 range would be good enough to win batting first and I, I think they chase something like that as as well. So I, I think there's a really there's a lot to like for for South Africa. I suppose the wild card here um, is someone like Teek Shana. And, and again, you were talking about a couple of the Pakistan players earlier in the show not having played that much um, 50 over cricket and and kind of being T20 bowlers. And you, you'd probably put Teek Shana in that camp as well. Um, do you think he could spring a surprise from the the Sri Lanka point of view? I mean, he is he has played well so far in, in 50 over cricket but maybe untested against the very best um honestly i haven't been that close to silicon really to actively comment on tiksana's game the one guy i'd say i the one guy i'd say i'm more wary of in Sri Lanka is dananjaya de silva based on like he is a very classy batsman with Sri Lankan spinners i think the thing is if they get a decent total on the board and i know i'm being a, being a very generic sort of one day statement but I feel like their spinners can quickly sort of stifle you if they have some sort of total on the boards. If South Africa are batting first, I would expect South Africa to win pretty comfortably. Fair enough. And then the the final match um, is the one that I think a lot of people will be looking forward to. It's India v Australia. Um, India, probably the most settled side, I think, coming into this World Cup. And Australia, yeah, you know, they're... they're not unsettled necessarily, but have been trying a few different things and, and going through a, a lot of different players. But on paper, their best eleven does does project to be pretty good. Um, is there is there the chance that Australia ruin India's opening day party here? Um, can can we expect something like that? I think it's fifty fifty. I, I don't rate Rohit Sharma as a captain. I think they are. He tends to panic when things start to go back. He's been quite. I mean, they've been very dominant recently in the Asia Cup, for example, or like in the warm-ups, uh, or even like the India Australia games. Uh, so he hasn't been tested. So from a captaincy standpoint, he doesn't quite have the cool uh, of a Dhoni, which is something that you need in a home tournament. And the thing with Australia is, I have Australia as like one of the finalists in this World Cup. And it terrifies me, but like it, it, it's uh, because I know that they are a team that will, they, they know how to win big tournaments. And you can, they can go into a tournament completely helter-skelter. They can even be in the middle of a tournament and not having found their way, but they know how to peak at the right time. Um, I I'm I think it's a very evenly matched game, and I I wouldn't be surprised if Australia wins. I I do think that the dengue fever situation in Shubman Gill makes a big difference. I mean, I, I'd have him down as maybe the informed batter in the world at the moment, and to to lose somebody like that and replace them with um, a player who's nobody nowhere near as dynamic. Um, I think yeah. I think is a, is a problem for India, but I I personally just can't look past the quality of the Indian bowling attack. It's just been so good for the last 18 months. And it's, it's, uh, it, it's almost, it's almost like I, 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 unless they willfully choose to misuse the bowlers they have at their disposal, I, I can't see how they're not, they're going to sort of be ineffective, um, at least in, in limiting the damage that the Australia can do. Um, anyway, we're going to um, wrap up the podcast this week. Thanks very much. Asad, for coming on. Hope, the you'll be able to join us again later in the tournament um one Thank quick reminder to 
No problem. Yeah. One quick reminder to, to people listening that you can find us at the cricket pod on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. And we'd really appreciate it if you liked and subscribed on whichever po- podcast platform or, or video, well, YouTube, um, that you're, you're watching on. So thanks very much, everyone. Have a good one. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.